Welcome. I was fuck buddies to yeah. all. Oh, sorry. Let's let's <laughs> wait. Let's start it again. I was interrupting you to say that I was gonna say that. So what an asshole am I? But I'm ready now. Cool. Ready? Fuck buddies. Welcome to another episode of All the Fucks. I'm Jen Ponton. I'm Lillian Bustle. And with us today is our guest, Nati Amos. Oh, Nati Amos, everybody. <laughs> Um, I almost was, I almost was like, please give it up for like a round of applause because I know you, you wear so many different hats, but I knew you first as show folk. Yeah. Um, I'm going to just, I'm going to give you guys a little bit from Natty's blurb. Um, I, I actually knew you, I knew of you before I met you. I was like, oh, I know who that is. Um, but Natty is a. You are, um, how you say, notorious. Uh, as scientist, educator, performing artist, and advocate, um, you do all kinds of disability outreach. I love that you mentioned that you you help uh, healthcare providers with their bedside manner, talking about disability and care for people because compassion just gets squeezed out of people it in does. the healthcare system. It does. Um, and I think that's amazing. Uh, but I, I think that I first knew of you through uh, uh, Drea, through Miss Cherry Delight. Um, and that is because you are also a fabulous sideshow performer. So I that am. is. That's how I, came I don't to know. I don't know. <laughs> that's awesome. Apparently, that's how I paid for my education. Oh, my God. Oh, I, don't, I ran I don't. away and joined the circus, and that's how I paid Yay. for it. <laughs> I do not know a whole lot of molecular biologists that can also spit fire. So that is amazing. Right? I mean, it's a niche market. (laughs) (laughs) And I do have to say, every time I'm like, hey, Lillian, tell me about your carny and circus friend. She's like, I don't know what stories to tell you. So, I mean, now that... Now that you are with us, yeah. I mean, also, I don't want to tell other people's (laughs) stories. Like, you need. I want to. I want to hear them from you. Oh God, I want to hear them from you. Okay, Um, Uh, but that's so. Wait, if I can just back up really quick. If you you said that you paid for college with sideshow stuff. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I thought I was going to be a surgeon. Like I had. I mean, I had been in hospitals all my life, and I was like, yeah, okay, this tracks. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to do the things that you know to be a doctor. And um, life had other plans. Uh, What is it when you? When you make plans, God laughs or something. It was very much like mm-hmm. that. Um, I think God I, laughs all the time. Yeah, I think God, God, God is, God is laughing now. He's like, Haha, you guys suck. It's great. Um, <laughs> um, uh, so basically, I think in uh, early 2000s, I was, uh, I think I lived in Seattle. Yeah, I was living in Seattle like 2004, 2005. And the thing is, it's like, I could not make it in the straight world. Like I tried getting regular jobs and I don't look like a factory formed human. That is a term that uh, my friend Anna coined and I love it so much. But yeah, I am <laughs> not a factory formed human. So <laughs> oh, therefore, factory yeah, factory formed, like, you know, right out of, right out of the, I like that. Right out of the oven. Uh, so, <laughs> or the womb in this case. Uh, so um, it was very hard for me to get a job, <laughs> like just a regular job. Like I tried retail 
I I often say I tried to make it in the straight world and the straight world did not want me, which was fine. Uh, so then I uh, I went I came came back to New York and then my friends just like they were ravers and do a bunch of parties and they're like you know what you don't belong in the straight world you are you should uh, they had like a a circus themed rave night and. They invited me, and it just so happens to be like, oh yeah, no, this is your people right here. And so I got introduced to a few uh, people that way. Uh, Jelly Boy the Clown was one of those folks, and he pretty much was like, yeah, you belong with us. Um, so <laughs> I, yeah, so I I did that and um, went back and forth between Seattle and New York, and then uh, decided to just say fuck it and so that's what i did i uh i went to other circuses i went to i was in florida i i did i tried all the circuses i could get into and then uh tried uh uh outside like outside the u.s because the thing that i was it was amazing for me because it was like oh i'm a niche market like i felt like beyonce because it was like you know what I mean? Like, just, it's right. like, yeah, men make freaks cool, great, but we want to see something weird and different, and you are weird and different, and therefore, that was like, you can't, uh, you can't manufacture that. So it right. just turned right. out to be like, oh yeah, this is a thing I'm going to do now. And Fuck my yeah. dad, my dad at the time was like, but you're going to go back to college, right? Like you're going to get your degree at some point. And I was like, yeah, okay. I should probably, right. So I went, uh, I got to go. Yeah. Like he's like, you're not going to do this for the rest of your life. And I knew that I wasn't going to do this for the rest of my life. But, you know, I mean, I've, I've been told that I was going to die all the time when I was younger and I'm often it's like a running joke between me and god it's like i'm my dad used to say i was always almost dying and then not and it was just like such a like a anticlimactic thing of like okay fine <laughs> like you know what i mean well i guess she's still here i guess she's still yeah around. like and i'm like what the i don't know why yeah i don't know cool, what's dad. going on fine Fine. I'll be in my room. Yeah, I'll be in my room. Uh, so it was, it was often like that. So I was just waiting for, wait, is this going to be the thing that kills me? And like, is this, and like, I did a lot of, I like to call my, uh, my early adolescence um, and my, my late adolescence and my early 20s as constructive, destructive period because I was very much destructive, destructive in a very constructive way. Like, hmm. they were like, can you do flesh suspension? And I was like, no, but I'll do it now. And so I got hired <laughs> to do flesh suspension, you know, in, in Mexico City and Wait. places like that. Just to so, be clear, flesh suspension? Yeah, it's when they, okay. uh, when you get hooks, when you basically hang from meat hooks, essentially, and Oof. they fly you up, you know, between 20 and 30 feet. It's very, very fun. Very, very painful, <sighs> but in the best kind of way. Uh, and I, and oh that was God, cheaper than amazing. therapy. It was cheaper than therapy. And <laughs> I was with it. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh, it was kind of like my crack for a while. It was kind of like I needed, I, and I had to step away from it for like 10 years before I could kind of go back to it and not feel like mm -hmm. 
not feel like I need to do it every other week uh, to satisfy. Wow. Um, so that must be a rush. Jeez. Oh God! So it, it's basically like you see God, you see pain, and then you see past that, and you reach a state of like, oh yeah, you're communing <laughs> with like the universe, and you're not even. I, I've done all the drugs. I've done DMT and mushrooms and all the things, and I'm like, yeah, nothing compares to being. 30 feet on the air, hanging from your own body, just kind of Oof. swinging back and forth, just being like, hey, guy, what's up, you know? Just being like, wow. hey, so what's new, man? Uh, that must make you feel completely invincible. I can't, like, once you've done that, you're just like, well, bring it on. <laughs> it's the only time I've ever felt like I had any kind of control. I think the big thing, the reason why I found so much solace in it um, the reason why I say it was cheaper than therapy is because so much of my life has been, you know, I've had, it's, it's very romantic. I'm going to get very romantic and allegorical Ooh. as if my, my life were That's novel. our shit. Uh, yes, but please. it's, 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 you know, the loss of your innocence is the loss of your virginity is like the loss of your innocence and what is virginity, but bleeding. Right. And when you get your period, mm. you're bleeding. Right. And so my flesh has been cut open since I was, you know, a few weeks old, and that innocence has been gone. That in, that set of invincibility that you're that you're entitled to as a child and and as a teenager <sighs> is completely stripped away from you. So I've had yeah. my flesh be opened by old white men to create their version, or uh, you know, like what I could kind of sort of be as best as they can to make me palatable to the universe, right? Mm. Or to the world, God. rather. Mm. And so, like, to make my face in a way that won't scare off too many people, right? So, and it was very much like I had no control over that. My sense of, my, 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 the way that I looked at myself changed so much because I did not have the same encasing from, you know, every couple of months to every couple of months. So there was something that was just mine, and then there was all these other things that was happening to me that I had no control over. And 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 here's here's the insult to injury is I am allergic to opiates. So uh, oh. no 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 morphine, no demerol, no Vicodin, no Percocet. Which you know my dad would joke with me if you like. Well, you can't be a heroin addict. You know you can't you cannot <laughs> like you would. You would be a terrible heroin addict. I was like, I know, I know. So, just heroin, EpiPen, heroin, yeah, <laughs> not to tell him, not to him. Yeah, it was. Uh, so you know, uh, my dad made it so that the world kind of sort of made sense to me. So he we had a very dark sense of humor about all of this uh, because it would break the minutia of like this is terrible. This this terrible thing that is happening to you, I have no control of, but I can at least make you laugh, right? So it was that kind of thing. But uh, being able to be... What a great dad. Uh, he was. He was. Yeah, I've heard you talk he about him before. He dad. sounds amazing. He was the Holy best cow. dad. Um, so hanging hanging from flesh hooks didn't seem like that big a reach for me because once you see your own brain, you're kind of like, okay, you could you could do other things. Shit, right? So, 
Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, okay, Holy this shit. isn't that big of a, of a deal. So, like, yeah. your body had already been pushed to all kinds of different limits that are not what the normal person has to talk about in therapy later on. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, how? So you're in, you're entitled to find your own therapy. Yeah, and I, and I think that are finally allowed to be yours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the pain of doing suspension. You know, I I actually I got my friend is has their own rigging and they asked me and I'm like, oh yes, please. I need it now so much. Um, uh, because I need it. I need it so bad. Uh, and there's, there's nothing, uh, I feel like it's, it kind of helped realign myself with myself, if that makes sense. Like I, I can, because the pain is mine. I'm, this is a thing that I can kind of sort of kind of control and it's mine and God's and it's mine. And I can just be with it and, and just kind of soak myself in it. So um, it, it took me a long time to kind of, it, I had to be honest, it's been super hard to move in a world that you know doesn't want you. Like, you know, I've been told, I, I've been insulted. I've been told everything under the sun that I, I'm now inoculated with with anyone and what I can appreciate and what I've been appreciating is a good insult like I don't care if you insult me there's nothing you can tell me that I haven't been that I haven't heard but if you could come with a clever insult I'm I'm here for it I'll respect you for it um I'm more of a serenade. just give me something new just yeah just I had one guy like a few weeks ago tried to hit on me I don't know why guys do this but I had one guy who was like trying to hit on me, I was like, uh, you're barking up the wrong tree because uh, I'm gay, thank you, but I'm gay. Like, oh, you're just an ugly bitch thing. And I'm like, that's not new or imaginative no. or anything. And I looked Boring. at him and I'm like, I, okay, cool. I'm going to go away now. Uh, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just looked at him like, uh, I'm going to go catch my train because it's, I'm, this, is, this is your shit. Just not mine, mm-hmm, and that's right. what I had to understand. For uh, you know, my dad told me uh, another thing that my dad told me this when I was twelve. He's like, you know, you are the ultimate bullshit detector. You because people <laughs> yes. who know you, are, people who see you and know you, they're there for forever. And people who you you know repel, you don't need that. And you are you are essentially a mirror test for them. What they're seeing on yes, you that's right. has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. And and that made sense to my brain because it's like we're programmed to see, you know, some symmetry and things of that nature. And I think they did a, a, a psychology today did a really interesting study on my uh, baby's perception on beauty and what they find to be like facial Whoa. expressions and things like that. So Ooh, we're, we don't I have a reference. To, I would love until, to see that. I will find it and I'll send it to you. But basically, the gist oh, yes, of it is is that uh, what they're seeing is not always the object that they're seeing. They're seeing their own experiences on it. Like, for example, you could see, uh, I could put glass in the middle of the room and everyone can agree that it's a glass. However, if I put a piece of clay and I beat it up a little bit and I put it in the center of the room, everyone will have a very different experience of what they're seeing onto that piece of clay and that's what my dad told me that i mm-hmm. was i am the lump of clay 
that people project all their bullshit on. And I just have to build an immunity to it and just, you know, inoculate myself to it. And that's what I, that's why I say I am inoculated to everyone's bullshit. There's nothing anyone can say to me that I haven't heard and heard better. (laughs) And, you know, I'm just like, I'm like, oh, yeah. you're so basic. Yeah. Like, why well, are you so basic? I mean, yeah. But yeah. I, um, I love nothing more than when people opt out of my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. When someone shows up and is like, oh, I don't, I can't, I love it. I don't love it. I don't love any of it. But when, when guys are like, well, I just, you know, I have my preferences for what I like. And I'm like, that's fine. I'm not talking about who you're going to have sex with. I'm talking about like, treating me like a human <laughs> and for yeah, some people and there's women out there like this like too there's women right but there's women right. out there who participate in this too where oh, if you aren't the kind of person that they think uh that they either want to fuck or are pretty enough to be whatever their nonsense standard is which could be taken away from them in a second uh, then you are not enough of a person to like participate in their world. When you were saying, obviously you and I have very different experiences of the planet, but when you were talking <laughs> about like not fitting in the straight world, like I, I relate to that where I'm, where it wasn't until I stopped trying to be all of that for someone else that I could even find who I was. Yeah. Anyway. I, I I will say on that last note, I will say on that, uh, is I had the blessing of, and, and again, this is what my dad kind of instilled on me. He's like, look, you have, you, you have all of your, everything is written onto your body. There's nothing that you can hide from. There's, there's nowhere for you to hide. Right. So all you can do is own all of your, oh, own it all. Like there's, there's, you are the most yeah. realist person and you no longer have to subscribe to this idea of beauty because, like, that's the thing. It's like right. all of these standards of beauty. I, I, it's not going to apply to me because it physically cannot apply to me because I don't have the, right. I don't have the mechanism for it. Right. So it's it's a weird right. kind of, um, it's a weird kind of freedom that I was able to to have in that I. This is a thing that I don't have to that have that is not for me and I know for sure that it's not for me because I am not in fact a born human therefore this does not apply to me therefore cool like I'm weird and cute and adorable and that's that's the thing that was great about my 20s is because I I got so much play because I am charming and smart and I can eat fire and so who doesn't want to sleep with someone who eats fire and can talk, <laughs> yeah. talk novels? You and... sound like Carol Kane and you eat fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Win-win. Yeah. 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 Well, and that's also something that society rips away from us is that um, we, I think that many of us are hardwired to be attracted to and or interested in people who have something that's in- interesting or special or like above and beyond t- to the point I've run into people where they could do things that I would have never even thought a person does. I mean, this is not a good example, but like, um, I, I think it's really hot that there are people who just make really nice furniture 
by hand. Like there are people who just do that. And I'm for whatever reason that does it for me. Um, <laughs> when it comes to things like that, uh, meanwhile, someone else is like, I really like sports. And that's fine. You're allowed to really love sports, but when that's your whole personality, go find someone else who cares about that because I don't care about that at all. There's no social um, currency at all when you are reliant upon that as like your only fucking horse in the race. But, (laughs) but when, if you can rest on pretty, like they say on drag race, then you've never had to try to find your social currency. You know what I mean? Like you right. came with You've it. You've never had to try to figure out what makes you unique. Right. And that's really what anyone means when they say like pretty people are boring. It's not that they're inherently boring. It's that they've never had to figure out themselves. Right. And so what are you going to, you know, you're never going to be interfacing with, with a unique individual. You'll be interfacing with someone who's just very... Hoboken. Surface exploration. Hoboken. Hoboken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hoboken you know, is, it, was, is, it was very interesting being in the sideshow world and being seen as something as like, it was almost as if like I was the other side of like the flip coin of like being a model, right? Models are a lot of because they're so beautiful and they're so beautiful to look at. And I was modeling because I'm so curious looking and I astound people's senses by being not only because when they look at me they have a sense of who i am Uh, before i even say a word right and then they hear me speaking they're like oh she has a brain that's amazing and and she can make me laugh and it's amazing and 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 she 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 could string sentences together and it's that's amazing and so um it, it's kind of the, the other side of that. Like, it's like the flip side of being a model. Is like I'm allotted for being this curious thing to look at for people. And then, yeah. uh, and then, and that's why I, I got a lot of my issues through working this cycle because it was like, okay, I have five minutes of where they're just going to look at me. What do I want to do to, with those five minutes? And oftentimes, I turn it on its head. Like, there's this, I, I have this line of like, oh, I'm just a lawyer. I like watching you, watching me, watching you. Because I, I make it seem like, <laughs> yeah, this is, you are actually my sideshow uh, experience because I want to, I'm, I'm here because I, I just, I, I, I want to see your reaction to me. And I, that, that, oh my makes, God, I that, that. humor is, that's, humorous to me and so um and when i do my fire uh, i've been like a lot of people get very moved by it and i had i had a lot of people come up after the show and just like come to me and cry to me and they're like oh my god i don't do particularly like i don't think it it's really amazing but they're like they just saw god or something and and they're and they're amazed by it and i'm like oh that's that's so nice but that's not but that's great. I'm glad. I'm glad mm-hmm. I could provide because I spent a good part of my life uh, being useful. Like I, I had to figure a way. Like, okay, <laughs> I cannot. The world does not want me here, and the world does a lot to try to kill me in more ways than one. So I will <laughs> do my Jeez. best to be useful and to be uh, to make myself. Um, I guess in a way, and I don't think this will ever leave me. I I think. There's a lot to say of like uh, apologizing for 
for looking the way that I do and having to say that to the world of like, I know, I know, I'm a queer. I'm sorry you have to look at this, but this is what it is. <laughs> like, I'm, and I did that for uh, like pretty much. And I'm starting to go away, uh, get, like get a little bit away of that, but certainly in, in relationships and in interpersonal relationships and like women I dated, I dated all kinds of women because that's the thing. It's like, I don't care if you look beautiful the way that the world wants you to look beautiful. I care if you are a good human or relatively a good human. Um, uh, so like, <laughs> at least an yeah, interesting like, human. Wait, 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 give me a, here's the thing. I, I am in my 20s. I was the thing of like, be, I will be a good story for this person. I know exactly what, huh? what my role is. I will be the thing that when they're at cocktail parties and they talk about their craziest sexual escapades, I will be that for them because they are going to have a wow. boring life. They are going to have a boring life, and there is some guy named named Trip or whatever, and they will they will like think about their this weird time when they went home with a fire eater and had sex on the fire escape, right? And that yes. did happen. That did happen. Uh, FYI, fire uh, eater, so, fire yeah, eater, fire eater. That did happen. Uh, so, and they will have that that weekend that we spend together, and then that, that's it. And they'll they'll probably masturbate to it at some point while they're fucking trip, you know? Like, that's what, I, that's what mm-hmm. gives me solace. That's what gives me solace. Yep. So here's, here's a quick question for you. That could easily, and I'm sure it, it goes in either direction here and there, yeah. that could easily walk the line between you claiming your own power in holding a narrative and, of course, you feeling used. You feeling like just a cocktail story. So how do you navigate those two and keep it in the empowerment? Because I feel like that might be where you mostly live, especially as an adult. Yeah, I, I kind of, uh, made peace with the fact that, uh, like what, like if I'm going to get used, I also want something out of it. And I feel like, okay, (laughs) I mean, if you're going to use me, uh, I do know what you mean. I'm, I'm going to get something out of it, and I, I'm not afraid. Here's the thing: I'm, I'm realizing. You know, I just had my birthday. I'm officially in my mid thirties, um, and I. Are you a Virgo? I'm or a, you Libra, a Libra, baby. Got the scales. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Happy balancing, balancing out. Thank you very much. Balancing. Uh, my life has been nothing but trying to figure out a balancing act. Um, but I will say that, uh, I, I think owning, being okay with the fact that, yeah, you might get a little bit used, but oh my God, are you going to give them a good story? And I do things for the punchline. Like I've slept with people that are, I've slept with women that were just clearly because I knew it was going to be a good story. I knew it was going to be. And I just, I was like... I, I will do things for the punchline, and I can see it, and I'm like, yeah, okay. And she might have her own agenda, but I'm like, nope, this is going to be mine, and that is it. <laughs> this one's mine, exactly. <laughs> oh my god, that's so fucking brilliant. Oh my god. But I think you oh. have to make concessions um, on like who you sleep with, and and understand like they might have their own agenda, but the most important thing for you to not feel like oh. I've just been used, like, I'm, uh, 
to, to not have that feeling is to is to make peace with what to, because you don't have to sleep with that person right like you don't have to sleep with that person right. so you can you can decide pick and choose what what you will get out of this and and make it way more right. than the feeling of quote feeling used because that's happened to me too but yeah, yeah. but I'm like but I but I also went through with it and I also got X, Y, and Z out of it. And I will tell you, my 20s was a port in every storm kind of deal. I was fucking, like, my life <laughs> was going to end. It was great. I missed that so much. Um, and it was, I think it was easier because I was, I was a fire year. And I, I would go into these, you know, state by state, country by country, and just be like... Yeah, like I can do something that your boyfriend wishes he can do in more ways than one. So <laughs> I think you can probably do a couple things that their boyfriend wishes they could do. <laughs> and the, uh, be more more often than one. The, yeah, <laughs> that is fucking great. So uh, speaking of speaking of the, your ownership of your sexuality not only in preference, but also just like, um, but your exploration of it and coming into it and coming into a place of really owning your power in a way that not a lot of marginalized people can get along to in the same way that you have. What are, what, what were your early journeys of that? Uh, well, I will tell you, I, I, (laughs) I tended, so my first big relationship, and this is the, the uh, I've never had someone uh, give me a line, but this, this my first relationship, this woman, she was uh, Albertian and gorgeous and just six foot, and I was like, can I, can I climb on you? I don't, uh, no, but uh, she, I was, I was at, yeah, it was amazing, because I'm four, I'm four nine, and she's six something, like five, ten yes. something, and I'm like, yeah, I scored, I scored on so many levels, um, but she, uh, my first big relationship, this is how she introduced herself to me, it's like, I, we were at, uh, I was at a graffiti artist, and we were seeing all this great art, and she comes up to me, and, and she holds my hand and she's like, you know, I always wanted to know what Picasso felt like. And I was like, panties off, panties off, panties off, done. And, like, I'm going to have your babies. Like, that was, I'm going to have That's a big, we are going to get That's a big swing. Yeah. Like that's a really that's a big risk for someone to take. For sure. To to for come sure. up. For sure. Yeah. But I, that must have felt fucking awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it did. And she taught me everything I know about sex and oh my god, every woman after her owes debt gratitude to her because I'm a very good student. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm a very I like I like I like yeah. to get A's and all, A pluses on all my papers put it that way. Um, oh, gold stars. Gold, gold stars. Star. High For performer. Sure. High perf- oh, yeah, type A personality. Yes. I will do it until I oh perfect it. Um, yeah, oh, so I think, uh, <laughs> I, I, I think, you know, I didn't want, I, I didn't want to be gay. Like, I was like, and I realized in high school, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, I tried oh. really hard not to be gay because... 
for me, it was just another thing. It was another thing on top of the things. And I'm like, I have all the things. Why? 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 I have all the things. And uh, I, I mean, yeah, I had a crush on my first grade But you teacher, didn't but... yet because you weren't. Oh, but I love that you were just like, let's eat fire on top of this. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, well, now that now that obviously the Jenga tower is falling, I mean, why the fuck not yeah, suspend like myself no, by my back, yeah, my back no, skin? There's, there's like you resign to okay, fine, fine. Uh, and I, I I really tried hard not to be gay. I really did. And I'm just like, nope. I'm so gay. It's it's painful how gay I am. And, uh, I, <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry you felt like you had to oh, push that yeah. down. That must yeah, have but really fucking sucked. I, I, I mean, yeah, for sure. I took a girl to prom, whatever. I like came, I realized it, and I'm like, oh, fine, if I'm going to be gay, I'm going to be gay. Gay! Um, <laughs> Look out. I'm gonna be gay! Yeah. yeah. Like, no half measures here. Yeah, no half measures. There's no half measures with me because I don't have the luxury of having half measures. So, um, and I just, I, I didn't want to be gay. I tried really hard not to be gay because I know that I know that they were going to look at me and be like, of course she's gay. And I'm like, oh, I don't want that. that I don't want that. I don't want to be the, of course she's gay kind of deal, but fine. Oh. Very gay. Very, very gay. <laughs> Although, to, to, to the credit of the universe in, you know, in just making that your blueprint, you have not had to deal with the maddening nature of dudes in the same way True. Women are crazy. Women, women have Women have their own for sex, sure. but, but yeah, for sure. I, I never, like, I, I did, I, I will, I, I mean, I could tell you my very first, my, my first attempt at a, uh, sexual experience with, uh, with men when I was, like, 19 in Chicago. I can, I can tell you that story if you really want to know. And that, I feel like that story in couple I don't not want to know, but... <laughs> I only want to know that story if you want to tell right. it. You've okay. Got a, I, you've got a fucking storage locker. I, I have so many. I have so many. You. I am, but I was. So the only boy I've ever liked, ever, like in high school, was a boy who was a, a feminine, and I was obsessed with him because he was like the only boy. He looked like a girl, and like I, I went back to my yearbook, and I'm like, oh no, I know why I was attracted to him because. He looked like a girl, and I'm gay. Mm. That makes sense. Um, and I, <laughs> I, when the light bulb yeah, just goes, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, yeah. I oh, think I, I just, I, it was just a experience of like, I, I wanted to. My mother was very homophobic. She still is, mm. I believe. She's still very homophobic. And uh, my brother, I would steal my brother's maxims all the time, and he would come <laughs> to my room and be like. And I'm like, I'm reading them for the articles. And he's like, yeah, okay. And when I told him that I was gay, <laughs> I, I remember this so much. I remember, I remember, I remember, the, I remember everything. I was so nervous. My brother was very much heavily into video games. He's about 10 years older than I am. So we, he was playing video games. I was about, you know, 15. And, and I'm like, I come up to him because I loved watching him 
play video games. It was like our childhood thing. Um, and I was like, yeah, so uh, I think I might be gay. And my brother, who doesn't pause for video games for anything, like the world could be, like there could be volcanoes and bombs, and he would just keep playing. He paused this game and he looked at me and he's like, duh. For like five seconds, he's staring at me and he's like, duh. And he goes back and he plays video games. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. Cool. Like, was it was that comforting, or were you like another oh, no, anticlimax? Totally God comforting. damn it! I, I was totally comforting because he, he was because then after he would get after he would be done with his maxims, instead of me stealing them, he would just give them to me and like hide them for me underneath my. You would just put them underneath my my uh, my my mattress because. I would oh have like yeah, I would have like Rachel Lee Cook and my mother would come in and be like, Why do you have all these girls on your wall? And I'm like, mm, you know, fashion. Like I'm not like I wore flannel, whatever. Like I'm no fashion. No nothing. Like, like I I had a lot of flannel. Do we actually say that I had a lot of flannel? Was that not the tipping point? Yeah. Of, to be like, fair, it was the 90s. Yeah, it was the 90s. I presume I had it was the 90s final. because you just dropped Rachel Lee Cook right yeah. there. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm just digging myself. Oh, my but, God. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So it was just, it was just, yeah. She's still hot, by the way. I read them for the articles. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I had a very almost painfully straight friend in in college who she read maxim because she was like i this is what the men are reading and i want to know what the men are reading uh and, to be fair yes and i was like but could maxim turn you gay absolutely fucking lutely oh, maxim well. could turn you gay not only because you're like jesus christ men get your shit together but also because it's full of hot women <laughs> yeah. both sides of it so hot. Both sides of it. It's going to so make hot. you super fucking gay. The articles and the titties. <laughs> yeah, so hot. So hot. Yeah, so gay in the womb is how I like to describe myself. It's like gay in the womb. Because I had a crush yes. on my first grade teacher, and and I didn't know why. Oh. Like, I remember, like, looking back, I was like, oh, yeah, there were definitely, like, my, my little signals of, like, you are fucking gay. You are fucking gay. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to be, so, but I was like, uh, oh, fine. God, lean into, into it, swear. girl. Yeah, just lean into it. Mm-hmm. That's why I say, like, all mm-hmm. these people are like, why are you so concerned with who I sleep with? Like, who I sleep with has nothing to do. It's not going to. I don't. I've never understood the argument of why people hate gay people the way that they do. Like, like no No. what is the threat why is whatever i'm doing no matter who i'm doing it with why does that have anything to do with anything that you're doing like because we all should be as miserable as straight people that's what it is (laughs) it's because misery loves company yeah if i have to suck it up and and live (laughs) like in these parameters how dare you buck the system and do whatever you want to do if Ugh. I can't just carry glitter around in my pockets all the time. I'm sorry. Who can't do that? Everyone yeah. can do that. Everyone can do that. Messy, everyone should do that. you can do it. Everyone should do that. Everyone should. That's Ugh. why all three of us are here to queer the fuck up the world. Right. 
So Natty, I have a question and I know for sure, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that this is just skimming across the surface uh -huh. and I don't mean to, I don't mean to, uh, to not respect the, uh, the sanctity of the magic <laughs> oh of circus oh and carny art. Okay. But would you say that the biggest key to flesh suspension and fire eating is pain tolerance like is that the big big secret key no flesh suspension for sure fire eating you just can't be afraid of it i think you have to respect it um i i will tell you and this is really this is a good carny story um when i auditioned to be a part of the circus sideshow um uh, I, I did my audition and I, I kind of pride myself as being the pain proof girl. Like a lot of circus performers, you know, they'll have that in their tagline, but I actually am it. Like really, really it. Like really it. Um, so I, I would, um, uh, my, my, my dress on occasion would catch on fire and I wouldn't panic. Like I would just kind of make it a part of the show. And uh, <laughs> one of those times happened when I was auditioning for uh, the Coney Island Circus Sideshow is that um, I, you know, I had done, uh, I'm doing like a full day of it and I did not know that Dick Ziggin would be in the audience. Like I, I realized that he was going to be in there, but the, I, did, I wasn't told if there was like a direct like show that he was going to be in. So one uh, of the times ooh, is like uh, I... Tell the people who Dick is. Oh, Dick Ziggin. He is the unofficial mayor of Coney Island. He uh, is the procurer of, or I don't know what his official title is. I know he of oddities. He, uh, uh, yeah, mayor of all oddities. Uh, uh, Coney Island Circus Sideshow Museum and Sideshow. Um, so he was William, the that's guy. your next career, girl. What? Oh, what? To... <laughs> I think Dick's already got that covered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I presume he's older yeah, than you, he's, so, he's going to you know. retire at some point. probably hit that up. I think he would be great. Um, oh, Coney he, Island is far away. I think I'm going to start my own oddities shit here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, uh, so he is the curator of oddities. Yeah, he's, he, he basically books the talent, and, like, basically it's his decision on who he hires. So... So I was really nervous because I was, I think it was the Congress of Curious People. I think that was like my first audition weekend. And um, I was, I was, um, I was a bit nervous because I didn't know which show he would come into. Um, and so one time I was doing my bit and I had, you know, I, I, I basically, when I, I have this huge uh, staff, as it were, and it's bigger than I am and it weighs it weighs, I think it weighs like, I don't know, like three to five pounds. So, um, and it, and I, the goal that I always do is make it look like I don't need hands to do it, which usually works um, because I have, uh, I don't have fingers, so it makes it easier for them. It's physics. It's, I'm going to bore you, but it's basically physics. Um, so you couldn't bore basic... me if you tried. <laughs> okay. Um, basically, I use basic physics to help me incur the flame to not uh, go towards the audience or fly off too far or whatever. I catch it. I know when to catch it, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I 
when I was in the middle of twirling this thing of fire, very big fire, um, I I saw Zik in the corner of my eye, and I panicked, and I I uh, let the let the staff drop, and I caught it, but it caught my dress, and then I was like, yeah. I heard this. I heard this, and I was like, oh, I must be really enjoying it. And on top of that, my hair had caught on fire. And I was like, yeah, yeah. So you can imagine the scene, right? So I'm like, oh, my God, they're really enjoying it. And then I I twirl it on my left hand, and I'm like, oh, I'm on fire. And I'm not panicking at all. I'm smiling. Everybody's, like, freaking the fuck out. And I'm just like, and I just, like, go like this. And I go like this, and I dust myself off of, and and I make it part of the show. And uh, but how do you stop your hair from being on fire? Just pat it down. Just pat it down. Just patting it down. Yeah, just and it because because of caught. your high pain tolerance, yeah, touching fire. I didn't even feel it and until I until I realized that the audience was freaking out, and I'm like, "What's wrong?" And I was like, "Oh, yes." And then I, 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 I heard I heard the fire before I felt it. Is 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 how wow. I would Yeah. So I heard it and I'm like, Shit. Oh yeah, I know where it's at <laughs> and it, sw- it swept my dressing. So I just like did a did a little twirl while I'm twirling this big flame and luckily it went out. And I made it part of the show and Patrick Wall, who was the stage manager, what came at me and was like you cannot do that ever again. Like, you cannot, no, like, no. And, like, he was freaking me out, and then he gave me this big spiel, and I, I, I know fire safety. Like, I'm well aware. I, I had been doing it at that point for, you know, uh, five, six years at that point. So, um, but, you know, you do things, you do things ten times a day, on, you know, just by averages alone, Every once in a while, this something like this will, will happen. It just every time you do it, it increases the chances, and therefore, like sure. you just have to kind of be aware of that, right? And so, uh, after he like gave me a little big, you know, spiel and started talking to like a like a you know like a dad who I who I disappointed. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, yeah, you know how Patrick is. So, and then after after he did the thing, he's like, "By the way, welcome to Coney Island." I was like, "Okay." I was like, "Okay." So it was for sure a showstopper, for sure one of my best performances. Oh my god! Um, and I think I hold the record because during that time, again, I was doing it so often that every now and again, uh, I, my dress would catch on fire or something would catch on fire, but I never made it a part. I like to think that I hold the world record for catching on fire at Coney Island, such a side zone, <laughs> and not making it feel like a big deal. I, I, in my head, that's like my thing. That's like my title. If there was like a Guinness Book of World Records via Coney Island, such a side zone, that would be my title. Oh, why isn't there? Can I, know. I please, like, oh, that's I, a documentary I, that needs to be made. I can't help but ask. Yeah. Scientifically, what happens when you put a flaming baton into your mouth and put it as far down as you can and then pull it out and it's still on fire? What scientifically uh, so, is happening there? So it's just a controlling of breathing and oxygen. Cause you, so what you do is you, uh, you don't snuff it out completely. You let a little, it, it has a lot to do with your breathing technique. 
So what you do is you want, uh, it's basically like when you get a candle, right, and you put your hand over it, it starts to dim, dim slowly, slowly. And then when you press down on the rim of the candle, it goes out completely. So that's that's what happens in your mouth or throat or wherever. Oh. It's like you lower it to the point where like it's, it's very controlled and very tiny. And then when you introduce oxygen back into it, then it kind of comes back out that way. Wow. So basically, it's just an ember while it's inside of you. Yeah, exactly. And you need to keep it a little bit lit, exactly. but you, it's not the level of danger that we're all like, why is there a fireball inside their throat? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could I mean, be, so here's, fireball, the thing, but... here's the thing, too. If you inhale, <laughs> it could cause a lot of damage uh, to your throat, because what you're doing is you're just inhaling basically incinerating a shit ton yeah. of oxygen incinerate, not only that but you're incinerating the heat so it could you could go into cardiac arrest you could mm. you could send your cilia on your lungs you could there's all kinds of danger that can happen um if you inhale it wrong right because then you're just inhaling the flame all throughout your body ah. and you could essentially no. incinerate oh you uh, so oh, it's very carefully, you know, people are like, how do you eat fire? And I say very, very carefully. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> very carefully. Uh, I would love to hear um, really quick, not really quick at all. We have all the time in the world. Uh, I remember when you and I first started talking about you coming on the show, um, you were pretty stoked about talking about crushes. And because we were talking about like awkward things and cringy things. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I just wondered if there was anything specific that you were like, <laughs> oh, this time. I mean, banging oh, on a yeah. fire escape is pretty excellent, but <laughs> I, I feel feeling that you have more in there. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll, baby. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, I will, I will say, I so I deleted all of my apps because I feel like I cannot. I don't think I have any right to doing apps anymore because they're not for me. And like, look, back day form humans have a hard time meeting people on Tinder. What chance do I have to do that? Like, I like I, because we're in this like I don't know if it's a like a millennial thing or Gen X thing where it's like you're always looking for something better and someone better. So if mm -hmm. it's not this person. It's going to be the next person. Like, yeah, I see you, but I'm also looking ahead towards the next thing that can be better than you, mm -hmm. right? And I think me, apps have created that. Yeah, uh, I, I think, think it's always been there. It's just been it's it's been exponentially like magnified to an nth degree on apps. And so right. I I just I I realized like I. I would go into recycles where I would do it and then realize, oh, yeah, this is, I don't know. This is, like, I have a good sense of self. Like, I'm, I'm self-deprecating, but not in a way that is, like, like, I know all the things about myself. I know all the neurosis and all the things. So, like, I'm not afraid to be blatantly honest about all the things. However, I realize that how another person looks at my profile is they're going to swipe left. They're not going to swipe right because I am not what this app is is for. Like 
that's why I kind of missed my 20s because it was all like, yeah, I look weird, but I'm adorable and I can, I'm smart and therefore, like, be, like, after, after a woman got over the five seconds of, like, whoa, she looks a bit weird, once I got them talking to me and once, um, we established that baseline, uh, they realized, oh my God, she's amazing. I'm going to go home with right. her. Right. And so like that was, I, I was like the Lenny Bruce of, of, <laughs> of I love it. So fucking great. I love it. Right. Um, right. Still, right I'm though. still the Lenny Bruce. Of yeah, for sure. It's just that these apps are only created for a one for a two-second visual right. impression. Right. And when your bread and butter is just in who you are face-to-face, yeah, yeah. Face, yeah the, the apps leave anyone who is divergent from the cultural norm in the dust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I real, I, here's, a, here's also the thing that I kind of come to realize, too, is, like, I spent a lot of... Aside from these two, like, big relationships that kind of gave me a blueprint, being me, you know, I always wanted to know what Picasso felt like. I still remember that line to this day, and that's the standard I'm going back to. But um, <laughs> I, I was always, to a certain extent, begging to be loved. And I think that is a universal thing of, like, begging to be worthy, to be loved. And I think I... I'm no longer begging for it. I'm not trying to beg for it. Like, I think I told you once, I was like, I just want to be the dumb blonde in the relationship for once. Can I just be the dumb blonde? Can I? And, and, and my friend was like, you're, like, women are intimidated by you because you're so smart. I don't think I'm particularly that smart, but at the same time, it's like, but isn't that what you want? Isn't that, right. isn't that what most women want? They, they want the, the funny uh, cervic wit and 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 uh, intelligent, well-read person. Right. Uh, I don't think anyone actually knows what they want, Natty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I think now, especially because of this pandemic and because I felt like, oh, no, like, like I'm good at being alone, but this is, like, on a whole other level. And mm. so part of my depression was, like, Oh yeah, like I don't have human contact with another person that is my person, and there's something that it does to you. Like I could get five PhDs and not be married, and people will still comment on the fact that I'm not married. Isn't that sick? Isn't that crazy? Like I mm-hmm. could do all the things. I could be the you know I like to say that I want to be the RBG of science because I do. Nice. Um, I don't want to be, yeah, I want to be the RBG of science. And uh, I could do all the things. I could reach all the accomplishment goals I want. And because I'm not married or I don't have a person, I will be, my value will decline automatically. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like, like, oh, shit, like, this is, uh... and I figured out what the root of that was. And I had to kind of break that root during this pandemic of, like, is a relationship what you want? Like, or is it just like, what is it? Is it the convenience? Because the other thing too is, mm-hmm. I didn't, I don't want to jump into a relationship 
for the sake of jumping into a relationship. I don't right. want to have the resentment. Like, I was engaged three, four years ago, and I knew I wasn't going to marry this girl a year before we broke up. And I was like, yeah, because if I married her, I would have resented her, and it would have been bad. And I know that. And I broke off the relationship because I knew, yeah, this is, I, I, I cannot be this person. And that's the thing, too. We fall in love with potential. And yes. we make sessions. Oh, you fall in I mean, love with Lillian the and I have talked and, about that. Yeah, God. like, and I was doing it too. I was, I was being, I was dating women that I probably shouldn't have ever dated because I was like, well, I could make her X, Y, and Z. Like this, this last big relationship, the girl I was engaged to. Um, part of my thing is like how I show love is, uh, if I date you, I'm the mixy girl. I will make you a mixtape. I will, I will get you books. I will get you art. Um, I, I had given this girl like a number of books, and they just stayed in her bookshelf unread, and that was blasphemous to me. Right? No. Uh, yeah. Exactly. No. Right. Correct. Correct. Um, but I was like, well, you know, no. Maybe. Right. Yeah. Oh, but that was a concession. That and that was like mm. because I didn't want to feel like like and a part of me during this pandemic was like are we allowed a certain number of love and then that's it like am I past the point of like I've used up all of my like love points in the world and therefore that's it I'm no longer going to have another great love like is that yeah. is that it and that was kind of feeding into my depression too. And then I was like, well, sure. no, no. I, and and I, I'm, I'm very good at having my dad's voice in the back of my head to kind of combat this. And like, no, 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 no. This is, this doesn't make any sense. Because, um, I mean, if Whitney Cummings, who looked amazing and she's brilliant, if she's single, then there's no hope for any of us. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I just think of like, no, there's worse things out there. And and yeah. I know myself well enough to know that I'm no longer going to beg to be loved. I'm no longer going to write motions and appease the court to give an argument on why I deserve to be loved. Because <laughs> I I am, uh, I'm good with myself. I'm a, I'm a nice Jewish, Mexican Jewish doctor. Who doesn't want to marry a nice Jewish Mexican doctor? I don't exactly. get that. Um, so I, I'm just, I, I don't do the apps anymore. And, um, I wonder if, if the way that we listen to podcasts is the way that it's, you know, cause it's, it's kind of like a radio uh. from the twenties kind of deal, right? Like, Everybody would sit around and listen to the radio and, and listen to the stories, listen to the talkies. So yes. I and I wonder if, if that's going to be the next thing because I'm yeah exactly exactly. I have a, I have a story about that. Go for it. Go for it. When I first when I first moved up to New York City, oh my God, ill in two thousand, um, I took out a personal ad in the Village Voice. Like oh. I actually. <laughs> Like in the print version of the Village Voice, you had to do it online at the time. You had to be like yeah. typey typey, and then and then how people responded was they would call 
and leave you a voicemail. And then you had to decide if you wanted to call him back. And it's so fascinating. Like nothing good came from that. I had a couple fun times, (laughs) but it was not overall. It was, it was, it was overwhelmingly not great, but I love voices and I, I love like someone's intonation and sense of humor is so important. And there are so many millions of ways that that might never come through in text. Um, I have uh, a number of friends who are dyslexic. I have I have friends who, like, whatever. Some people just aren't good at texting and or don't like to text. Oh, or also, like, again, I love accents. You can't tell somebody's accent when they're texting. Like, there's that is a jumping off point that I think only really does favors to, like, what 20 percent of of anyone can sail along and do well on some photos and a couple of texts like ugh. but i think you're right i think that that's actually maybe you and i should talk about doing an app together where it's voice memos because i don't think anybody's doing that i I agree i would much rather hear someone's voice because i so in my uh, i will say this uh when I was in Chicago going to school, I because I had such a crazy schedule, it was hard for me to get like a regular job. So I I was a sex phone operator for like six months. Yeah, uh, and it was it was the oh most god, let's do a whole other episode just on that. Yeah, it was it was crazy. But I remember these guys that would love my voice. I would have this very mm. sexy low voice, like hello. How are you? How was your day? Mm-hmm. And um, it was a very unique and, and like interesting experience to like uh, think about ways and be very inventive because it's a phone, it's not visual. So you, I made oh, I put on a whole production. I like had it was like a- ASMR before that was a thing. I remember like totally. like like like, like uh, nice. you know moving sheets on the bed and like having like lace and all of that i wouldn't try and and i had the vision i had the biggest i made so much money but i couldn't i made so much money doing it but um i couldn't do it for too long because obviously but uh uh it just got to be like they were booking me and i couldn't i was like i have i go to school i i this is not what i want to do with my life I got science to I, do. I have science. I have, yeah. So it was just a thing that I wanted to do to try it because why not? Um, right. Yeah, it was pretty funny. It was pretty fun. It reminds me too of that. Uh, okay, so when the pandemic first, when, when lockdown set in and there were a few things that were very popular on Netflix, one of them was Tiger King <laughs> and the other one was, what was it called? But the whole conceit of it was this, it was this um, show where two people were paired up as phone buddies in in their own isolated rooms. Oh yeah, right? and, and oh, they only the talk, They talked. No, no. Okay. They only talked on the phone, and they fell in love with each other. It was something something I do. I, anyway, they only fell in love on the phone. They didn't see each other at all, and then bam, they have a wedding. Whoa. And that was how all of these couples went, ostensibly presuming that they fell in love on the phone. Right. Wow. And then it was like, oh shit, now we're married and we've never been around each other mm. and figured out if all the other stuff is good. So that's where reality TV is garbage. But yeah. I think the first conceit of, 
Yes. Falling in love o- over the phone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and that's Great tricky, too, idea. because, uh, like, for whatever reason, I think that there is, like, a like a fall line for that as far as age goes. Like there's people now who are not used to talking on the phone at all. Yeah. And it is, I think it's a skill. And people like us who miss it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Or at Uh, least miss the art of it. Like it's kind of weird to be on the phone these days because so many people are not used to it anymore. But yeah, in its heyday, I was all about the telephone. Yes. When, uh, whenever my, I have, I still have a handful of friends. Oh, Don's younger sister, who I adore. Um, she's like, let's, let's FaceTime. And I'm like, mm, no, no. Cause all I do is look at myself. I look at myself and then I'm like, I should be plucking my eyebrows. And then I'm like, why are my <laughs> lips so chapped? Like I'm not capable of doing a video chat with somebody <laughs> without scrutinizing myself. So that's like. Right now I have myself up in a tiny thing, but sometimes on a Zoom I'll even just cut it off entirely. I will take myself out of the picture. I just need to make sure I'm framed right now. That's why I'm on it. Um, I, beautiful uh, shot. I don't... Oh, thank you. Um, I, <laughs> hey, fuck buddies. Lillian just, just fucking flipped us all off. I was picking my nose. Okay. Okay. Right back at you. Right back at you. Right back at you. Now it's just a sea of middle fingers. Uh, I, uh, this might be a good winding down point. I I think so, too. I feel like I could talk to you forever, and I miss you so much. Likewise. Um, Well, please let me, anytime you need a a guest or if a guest follows you, you need someone quick, um, I, I, I've, I've been very much into this, like, I want to, I don't want to do a podcast because I get sick of myself fairly quickly, but I, um, I would like to be a guest on uh, any, anyone that has a podcast that wants me on there to talk about science or love or life or yeah. whatever. I'm here we for We love it. all I'm those things. Uh, do you know, um, we could probably cut this out. Uh, do you know Stormageddon? DJ Stormageddon. Um, he does a lot of the burlesque. He DJs for a lot of burlesque oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, has yeah. he has a really fun podcast where he just interviews just people who are interesting. And my friend Jed does too. So if you can remind me, I'm not sure who is still doing what during these trying times, but I right. definitely would <laughs> recommend you with flying fucking colors. Um, so, well, thank you hella so very much for talking to us today oh my I, god i hope i've given you enough to work with i don't know I don't... natty <laughs> so good girl girl all we have is hot content right now. <laughs> and where where else can other people find you uh you can find me i don't do twitter because i like my brain cells um <laughs> i have Instagram. I hate my brain cells. <laughs> like I, I feel like my brain would melt if I was on Twitter. Um, I, uh, I, I have Instagram. Uh, I have a website www.patchworkscience.com. It has some cute little knickknacks if you like what you see. You can buy it. It's very cheap, like two bucks. It's like patches and stickers and 
So yeah, www.patchworkscience.com. Um, Instagram, I have two Instagram, uh, patchwork underscore science, if you want to learn random science facts. Um, you can go there if you want to follow me as I am. Uh, you can follow me on my Instagram is uh, Nati underscore by underscore nature, Nati by nature underscore NYC uh, for life. Uh, but I'm sure you like, once you type Nati by nature, I'll probably come up because it's my face and I, no one's going to mistake anyone else for my face. I was thinking about that too, because I've been watching a lot of catfish and I was like, yeah, I could never catfish anyone. Like I, I wouldn't, my face will never be cat, cat, catfished by anyone because no one is ever going to mistake my face for anything else. Patchwork underscore science on on Instagram. Um, you're amazing. You I are amazing. You. Oh, I oh, have God. a YouTube. Thank you I have a YouTube. So much. I keep forgetting to do this YouTube. I have a YouTube. Uh, I'm trying to we I we we had episodes we were going to film and then the world ended. So um. Mm. I'm going to try and find a way to keep up with that. But if you like my weird zaniness, uh, explaining all things science, you should go. Uh, if you go to YouTube and just type in Patrick Science, you'll find me. I'm there too. Awesome. And we'll make sure that we've got all of your links to Natty in the show notes, y'all. Natty, thank you so much for sharing Thanks. your giant brain full <laughs> of facts and debauchery and carnies. <laughs> And <laughs> yeah, this and was seduction. <laughs> I I am always here for the debauchery and the science, and, and anytime you need a debauchery fix, I'm here for it. And all you have to do is call me, and I will be here for that. Amazing! Send up the nat signal. Yeah. Thank you, Natty. Thank you, Fuck Buddies, for joining us. Please check her out everywhere she lives on the interwebs. Uh, be well. We love you very much. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.